Toggle to me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Talk Tongle to Me. Uh, this week on the show, we have uh, a guest I'm pretty excited for. Uh, it's a new, kind of new group on the Tongle scene, Mindless Philosopher Productions, and it's Henry Beal and Sean Keller. So, guys, uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for yeah, having no us. No problem. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cool. So, um, tell me, like, so first of all, what'd you guys think of that? I don't know if you could hear it over the online, but what'd you think of that little uh, intro song I made? It was my favorite <laughs> I, um, uh, of all the intros that I've heard on a podcast that I've been a part of. It was my favorite. What Good, that's that's that all I have never like. been on a podcast. Shh, Henry. Oh, man. I shouldn't have revealed <laughs> Oh, now it's I? ruined. What? Oh, man. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's it's legitimately my favorite. So wait I guess that's it true gets then. dethroned. Yeah. <laughs> um... Cool. So, yeah, again, like I was saying, welcome. Uh, I guess, I mean, to start off, tell me, you know, just a little bit about you guys. How did you get started? How did you guys meet? You know, where did... Uh, oh, God. Where did, <laughs> Here it goes. Yeah, I mean, that might be a long story. Give me the, the spark notes. Well, we well I can tell tub. you... Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I, I was just going to tell you the, the explanation. Yeah, we did. Um, we met in a hot tub uh at oh, wow. a party in calabasas california under the stars it was it was so romantic really um, it was just when he says party it was just the two of us in a hot tub oh wow perfect got some wine and glasses some, like, of wine yeah yeah you're you're getting the image for sure okay okay that's how i feel like um, all good you know film studios partnerships start yeah, yeah sure yeah. but yeah. okay legitimately it was a party <laughs> and we met we were playing board games for like two hours before the hot tub happened so uh -huh. just henry likes to open with the hot tub the hot tub was really the memorable part for me i mean i, I kind of glossed over the board games and just go right for the good stuff but fair enough so, um, so yeah, you're in we, a hot tub at met, a party yeah um we just i had sort of started my i moved out to California and did the whole PA LA grind and was miserable. So around the time that I met Henry, I like took out a loan, borrowed money from people and uh, just bought a lot of my own equipment. And uh -huh. Hen Henry had pretty much done the same thing. And it, it just like was pretty serendipitous that we met and like hit it off. And it was this odd started. serendipity in that everything that Sean bought perfectly complemented what I had bought. Actually, I had started a drone company a couple of years before I met Sean and I had all of this drone equipment and all of this Movi equipment and um, sort of oh, these nice. weird random film tools, um, not, the, not the store, but the actual items um, for making movies. And uh, we, yeah, it just kind of was this perfect fit and we're kind of looking at each other and saying we both want to be directors. You have this, I have this. Together we literally have the perfect combination and it just kind of all happened from there. And then it just happened. So how how long ago was that now? Uh almost 2 years ago, right? Okay. Yeah, like pretty much 2 years ago. Yeah. The first thing we ever did together was a 48-hour film project. Oh yeah, I've done a few of those. Summer of 2015 it was like you know Which crazy 48 hours right that was actually the first thing that i had ever shot 
uh, as a DP. I had uh, I'd done all this drone stuff, and before that, I was in the art department, and before that, Wait, I was what? actually acting for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Sean took a chance on me. I'm kidding. I knew that. You did? <laughs> oh, shit. Let me keep that How, how'd that festival go? Did it... Was it a good... Uh, oh, we got runner-up in our category and uh, did really oh, nice. well and really enjoyed working together. And We made we a like, mockumentary well, we... about ghosts adjusting to the afterlife uh, in a sort of AA-style meeting. And... Oh, man. I saw, so I'll be honest. I saw it on your website. I didn't watch the whole thing, but like I watched a couple minutes of it, and it was, it was funny. Oh, so nice. So it's cool to know that that was from the 48-hour film festival. Yeah, that was our 48-hour film festival thing and the first thing we ever did together so it was like a great experience and then and then kind of from there just started doing more commercial work it um, was sort of a yeah. slower evolution than that i think i mean sean and i became really fast friends and it was clear that we wanted to work together and as we started working together we wanted to work together more and more and more and i think it was you sean that showed me tongle as this thing that we could suddenly like pour all of our skills and imaginations and talents into something that would actually make us money for a change um and we started committing to that pretty hardcore right off the bat we just started pitching and making whatever wildcard projects came up and um just really trying everything that we knew to just bust through the door yeah right so well i guess i'll go ahead and say for uh for anyone who's listening who doesn't know uh, Mindless Philosopher Productions is nominated this year. They're, they're nominated for a Tongi for Best New Artist of the Year. So congratulations on that. Um, Thank and you. Aw, thanks. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty exciting. And that, that's, that's the one, right? There, I'm, not, I'm not missing any other like, nominations or anything. No, that's it. That's just it. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> just one. Just one. You only got one nomination? Wow. Like... No, I just I just wanted to make sure. But uh I mean yeah, that no, is a, that's pretty exciting like in this in this first year or so to uh you know have so much success to be you know recognized like that. I mean, I think we've taken to it really well. I, I think as soon as we started pitching, Sean and I just had a lot of fun with the pitches and a lot of fun with the projects and especially that one. I mean, it was our first pitch win and we got the astronomical sum of $1,500 to make a movie and we're going, what in, how in the world can we make something amazing with $1,500? And we just pu pulled out all of the stops. And So wait, um, which one just, was your first pitch win? So that, that was dubstep kitty. Yeah. No, the, the dubstep the one kitty dominated. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we had done, we had done a, uh, we had pitched, I, I want to say maybe 30 times before that. And we didn't land any of them. And but by we 30, had, Sean we, means like a dozen, but, uh, but sure. It felt I like 30. I it, want it to say 30. It definitely felt like 30. <laughs> I, I mean, geez. I feel like it's maybe 28, but regardless, <laughs> maybe now, um, <laughs> It's, well, I mean, like, uh, I feel like that's that's such a hard. There's this. I feel like there's a very like you know glass ceiling of like, you know, once you break through this entangle of like winning pitches and getting selected for pitches and then you know, getting into that production side of things, then I feel like it starts coming more and more because you know clients see that you can, you know, follow through. Yeah, I mean, it, it it helps a lot. It's still it still is really tough to like be consistent. 
I think but, Sean and I had this illusion yeah. that the first time that we won a pitch, it would suddenly all of our problems would be over and we would be getting every single pitch that we submitted. And, and that definitely was not the case. It's gotten easier. And that's not, oh, okay. And that's, it has gotten easier, but. Um, it, well, it okay. didn't help. That, that illusion didn't help the fact that, like, we landed dubstep and then we got the next two that we pitched on, we won. So we were, like, feeling super <laughs> oh, high about, like, oh, this is great now. We're going to get everything. This is, oh, this is oh, how man, it is from now on. are over. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just as hard. Like, it, it is a little easier, like you said, but you still have to, like, commit and turn in really amazing pitches. And the one thing that you have is, like, now a body of work that's building up that people are seeing but yeah it's still tough for sure um so i guess um i'll go back real quick and kind of going back to what you guys were saying so you both moved out to la to kind of do the like pa and like you know just you know set work or or, or whatever and i don't know so i've i've known a lot of people to kind of just uh, so I'm out in, on the East Coast, and they're all just like, you know, I want to move out to L.A. and, and, and do that. So is that something – I don't know. What's, what was that like for you guys? What was that what experience? Do you recommend it? I mean uh, – Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I did for the most part. I went to film school, and then after film school, it's like, well, where do you want to go, New York or L.A.? Because I didn't go to film yeah, school in either of those it. places. Um, <laughs> and I, I always wanted to live in L.A. There was no question in my mind that – because I – grew up in New Jersey. I was not going, I was living in Florida at the time. I was not going back to the cold East coast. And right now I'm very thankful for that. Cause it's like 10 inches of snow, but yeah. LA was always yeah, on my radar. And yeah. For me. Yeah. It was totally different for me. I had spent the, um, the years after college just kind of traveling around the country and, um, trying to figure out not only where I wanted to live, but what I wanted to do. And, I was acting at the time a little bit and I was uh, doing mm -hmm. some set design and um, I actually moved to LA to get something completely different in my life. I learned uh, to fly. I actually moved out here and lived in a hangar for three oh, months and um, learn, yeah, learned Henry's to fly badass. airplanes. And uh, oh yeah, I don't know about that. But, uh, but anyway, that was my, that was my move. I didn't think I was going to go into production at all actually. And then um, after I learned to fly, I had started working in the art department um, as a job to sort of pay the bills and this whole drone thing started to get popular and um, there were all these whispers that you were only going to be allowed to fly drones on set um, if you had a pilot's license and I was like, hmm, well that's convenient. And uh, so I <laughs> oh, bought a little drone yeah. and I started flying it around and you know, just learning the ins and outs of this machine. And then a year later, I'm uh, I built my own big rig copters, and I'm flying on um, Red Bull commercials and um, major films. Like I, I was on Allegiant, um, which was oh man, there's a story there. Oh that wow, was my, uh, that was my most interesting on-set experience with a drone. Uh, story for another time. But uh, but yes, yeah, so oh, I was. Yeah. Um, that's kind of that how I got later, started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah next next podcast <laughs> um but uh anyway i mean that that world i worked my way up in the drone world i built my own copters and um kind of got a very technical background and then realized man i wanted to be an actor i wanted to be a creative like this is not working for me anymore and 
it was at that point that I met Sean where I was really wanting to transition back to directing, back to creating things. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just kind of the perfect moment for that, I guess. But, so just, yeah, so, I mean, I, I would recommend you follow your instincts. I mean, you never yeah. know where the end is going to take you. And the dots have aligned. I think it was Steve Jobs that said this in his famous um, graduation speech. But like, you really cannot put the dots together looking forward. You can only have it happen to you and then look back and figure out, oh, now I see like what, what led to That's what. That's how and, it happened for you. Yeah, and now like, oh, the drone thing is playing into uh, my life in this way. And um, wow, it's a really good thing I spent all these years acting, even though I do not want to be an actor, um, because that informs right. sort of how I think about directing and um, all of that. So really, just I think, follow your impulses. That's the most important thing. Very cool. So then you guys, yeah, just kind of both were out there and, and met up. Uh, so now, like, do you have... You're talking about that whispers. Do you have to have a pilot's license to do uh, drone stuff on set? Is that did that come? Not anymore. Through? Now there's a now there is a drone license that you can go get and um, just like, okay. pay some money and go and study, now you're extinct. Um, aeronautical regulations. Um, excuse me. What what would you say like? Email. That's so sad. Because oh sorry. You're you're Mom. yeah you're Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, guilty. So I kind of feel like now drones, you know, they've been out a couple of years. They're getting kind of mass market. And I don't want to say dime a dozen, but, you know, you can get drones for like a hundred bucks, you know. So what sets apart a, you know, a drone anyone could buy or fly from like, you know, movie set production drone work? Oh. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna let Henry take that, but that's loaded. Or is that uh? <laughs> so I mean, no, we got we kind of got on drones, and but I was uh, there are just so many emotions involved, as Sean knows. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that sets them apart is that they're huge. Um, I mean, they're one's big span, um, and they carry Reds and Alexa Minis. They put a, you're putting a Red on it as opposed to like a yeah yeah Movi or GoPro or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and they, I mean, they make a ton of noise. Um, they are gigantic flying Cuisinarts that can kill someone if you run into them. That's a difference. Um, Jeez. it's, um, yeah, it's a high pressure scenario. And, um, I mean, I was in the world as it was less safe than it is now. Um, I think there are still mm -hmm. a lot of safety concerns, um, the technology's gotten way better um, since I started, and it's been interesting to be involved in an industry that's so um, saturated with you know people who are just innovating constantly. You know, you right. would buy a drone, and then three months later, it would be completely obsolete by the next thing. And that was even more strange that I ended up building my own copters because those, um, I mean, also are completely obsolete, but are also different than anything that is in the on the market now. It's um yeah it's a thing that is a full time job in my opinion and that's something that I realized that I didn't want to do. Okay, well very cool. So that yeah that definitely answers that. Pretty much put a red on a drone and that is the difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> cool. So I guess I want to. I have some. I don't know. I was looking at um all your videos. Anyone who wants to go to their uh, their website, can they have a bunch of their videos there or on their page on Tongle, you can see some of their winning productions. Um, and I, I mean, I love all the 
stuff you guys that have done have won. Um, so I guess I have some you know questions about some of the specific ones. Uh, so we'll start with the one you guys kind of start with the dubstep kitty, which was a lot of fun. Um, which is pretty much this guy getting an idea for you know a rap song with a little kitten in the studio. So where where did that cat come from? Did you did you find that? Oh. Did one of you have a kitten or uh, riot? Is it <laughs> yeah? I mean, is it bad riot. to say Craigslist? Like <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Sometimes Craigslist. you can trust Craigslist. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing. We uh, yeah. I mean, we ended up posting on Craigslist for an animal trainer who had a cute cat and lo and behold we found the most adorable cat in the world. The, it was actually kind of cat. serendipitous too. Like the um the cats that she sent us were kind of these I, I hate to say April if you're listening, I'm sorry, but the the photographs of these cats were like really ugly and um and we were a little <laughs> you know, we we're like, well it's Craigslist, you know, we we have fifteen hundred dollars, like we gotta do something. So, um, right. but then she showed up, um, and or she actually sended sent some more pictures, um, and that's when we got this photo of little Riot, who's like this. Oh man, I mean that cat must have been three months old when yeah. we shot that. It's just this yeah, cute, tiny little kitten. It was so adorable, and April just killed it. I mean, she she showed up on set with the most elaborate um, array of hot dog treats on different sized toothpicks <laughs> and could get this. Oh, cat so you actually had anything. like an animal trainer in the whole work. So yeah. It wasn't yeah. just like, whoa. There was no way we were going to get that cat to do anything we wanted without somebody like in control. Well, didn't we try right. on, there was a wild card project that we actually tried to use a cat oh, for Lord. and it was a disaster. Yeah, we learned our lesson, but not enough to be like swayed from not enough to not try the cheap way (laughs) but that i think that like had we not attempted the wild card that we failed we probably we might have gone into it like yeah we can use any cat let's just you know use our friend's cat and show up on the day and i feel like we learned that lesson and set ourselves up to do like a great job with it where we otherwise would have not yeah, the the right. project that we ended up doing, we there was that RX one hundred four slow motion video. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, but yeah, Sony, which is yeah, also pretty cool. Which I have some questions about that one too. Like, I I mean, I don't know if you guys want to explain it for those. Well, I'll finish. It. I can finish telling the story in that, um, like we, we got that camera thinking that we were going to make a cat video. Uh, actually we had a few ideas. We were going to oh. shoot several. Um, but we tried to do this video with my girlfriend's cat and it just, every time we turn on the light, and of course it's slow motion, you need tons and tons of light. And, um, so right. we blasted this light into this room and the cat just like <laughs> hid in the one corner where there was absolutely no light <laughs> and didn't do anything it was a it was a disaster but so we ended up doing a uh, an archery video um my girlfriend is a uh, or uh she's a professional archer um and holy uh, cow that was actually my question so i was, yeah, a, I was gonna ask a professional archer <laughs> do it because there's no way again it's like yeah, we can just like shoot an arrow at these balloons and like hopefully it hits. Like we were very we built we knew her skill set, so we kind of built the I mean it was a wild card, so we didn't actually we rented the camera and we built the whole idea around built her. Built the actually. set around that. 
Yeah, holy cow. I mean, so, yeah, if anyone's listening and hadn't seen this one, it's just this, you know, badass video of this arrow going in slow motion through these water balloons. And, and that was what I was curious. I was like, where did you find this, you know, archer to, like, snipe these balloons? And, like, you know, how many tries did it take or whatever? But it sounds like... You guys just had, um, she got it on like the first every, launch. Every, yeah, yeah. Every time we did, we had like a bunch of different. We had water balloons. We had balloons filled with like powder, like colored powder that would explode. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, I would say every time it was perfect. So it was that we just had like and yeah, the balloons would sway that, in the wind. Cool. So it like pendulum back and forth and she had to just sort of zen out and feel the perfect moment where the balloons would just were about to all uh, line up and then she'd release the arrow but the uh, also the thing about that camera is you can't just set it to record in slow motion uh yeah. you have you have to actually yeah you forgot about this part so we'd have to there was a a mode where you can either press the button and it will take like the, the next two seconds or something after you press it and it will record or there's a setting where you can press the button and it will do the previous two seconds so like we had to she'd have huh. to fire it only and we'd have two to seconds? run so, yeah because it's like 960 frames per second or whatever that it would right. record it's crazy it's just way so too much processing color, she yeah. she would essentially shoot the arrow and we'd have to like be far enough away from the arrow to like not be hit by it so <laughs> once that would happen we would sprint to the camera and press it and actually i do remember we missed a few of them because we couldn't get to the like the timing right right of recording huh. it so that was That's fun crazy. that was a strange camera yeah yeah because i saw the the picture of it at the end it looked like a little just almost like digital kind of it's a I, I, really nice point and shoot yeah yeah and it just I mean, it, crazy slow motion for some for reason two seconds. yeah they put the for two seconds right for two seconds you can create awesome slow motion at a thousand <laughs> frames per second which i have to say is really impressive um, that is cool itself. i mean, I mean that's, the thing really fits cool. in the palm of your hand right it's just huh. very tough to shoot like a a story with that constraint. Oh yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, so another cool, I mean, another one of your guys' winning videos um, was this really fun video about the HP, I guess you know, laptop privacy screen. So basically, any you know anyone from other angles can't see your screen, and uh, it's this you know big tough biker guy on a plane, and you think he's like looking at like I don't know porn or like violent videos and he ends up he's looking at little piglets um so yeah. t talk to me a little bit about that production because that looked like a you know big big set big you know ordeal that was, how'd, how'd that come together um that was like i think we're both really proud of that because there was no idea phase for that one we came up with with the whole like take on it so mm -hmm. i mean naturally when we read the brief and it was all about privacy and when the scenarios where you would want to keep your privacy like the first thing we thought of was oh airplane like <laughs> somebody's watching right. something because i was i was actually in the scenario like shortly after we pitched on it or before we pitched on it where i was watching deadpool on a plane and i felt like very oh. self-conscious about like how violent <laughs> yeah. it was and like there's so i was just in the mindset of 
I wish I had a privacy screen or something <laughs> that could shield me. Um, right. So yeah, I, I mean, then then we got it, and it was just okay. Let's let's get an airplane set. So it was what? Fun. How do you just get Definitely. an airplane? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I hate to say Craigslist again, but I'm sure so we went to are. LAX, and then uh, we asked Southwest if they would let. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, we landed at. Oh no, that's what I mean. LAX. Yeah, we flew there. We just taxied right up to the hangar, and we we're like, "Hey guys, we've got a, a red. Do you know what that is? We've got a." Red I mean, one one of the benefits of living and working in LA is that pretty much any set is readily available to you at any given time. I don't think we could have done this if it wasn't in like a big city like LA or New York or something. I just you can look up a sound stage and they have airplane sets. Uh yeah. okay. It's so actually it wasn't, even, such, it wasn't a real it's plane. It's like the blessing No, 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 it wasn't a real plane. Yeah, we did that all on stage. Okay. Well, I'm glad you thought that. So, well, yeah, I was gonna say. Job. Well, for, if it helps, it tricked me. I I thought you guys on an airplane. It looked great. So we're actually flying too. No. <laughs> yeah, because I know you have your pilot's license, and so you could have been up in the air. Yeah, I was just flying the plane and looking at the monitor the entire time. <laughs> little to the left, <laughs> going again. I yeah. feel like that was a conversation we did have because he was a pilot. So when we first got it, we were like, um. Who do we know? Like Henry, do you know anybody who has a, a enormous commercial airplane like, that we can shoot? Yeah, on? a seven forty seven just lying around. Um, right. It's so funny, but you talk about like L.A. being the kind of place where you can pick up the phone book and look in L.A. or Variety four one one or whatever and find all of these plane sets, all of these, you know, whatever you need, whatever, literally whatever you need. There is a vendor for that in L.A. Um, which is this blessing and a curse because the town is so savvy that one of the things that I long for in LA is being able to just go out into the woods or into someone's house or a street somewhere and just shoot something. And that is so difficult to do in LA. Everyone is just, everyone's savvy about charging astronomical rates for locations. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, police will shut you down. And um, it's just, it's very hard to just get back to the essence of, filmmaking and just shoot yeah. i am jealous of people who live more remote um you know and and can do that and have a little bit more open space and a little bit more lax rules and people who see a film production and they're so excited because film production is cool and instead in right LA you get a bunch everywhere of else it's pretty like production, they're you know, like rare and exciting yeah <laughs> again why am i not getting paid for this why are they making noise <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, very cool. All right, so now we're getting to the little uh, game portion of the show. So uh, so we're oh going to play the little song. Hold on. It's the part of the show that's in high demand. Everyone's favorite throughout the nation. Two minutes or less, we make a plan. That will be a winning creation. Okay. All right. So I don't know if you could make out the words of that. Um, I'm, I'm uh, basically I couldn't, but I, I will say... It was my favorite um, game portion of a podcast <laughs> that I've ever been a part of. Yes. Yes. Um, we're going to together live on the show. And I always preface if it's a great idea, if you guys want to use it, you're welcome to. I actually think um, all the idea creations are closed. So we're going to have to do a closed one. Uh, but in two minutes or less, we're going to come up with a brilliant uh, idea for one of these Tongle um contest that's open 
and then by the time everyone else hears this, this project's already closed. Um, so like, for example, right now, Open is a Band-Aid uh, contest. So oh. in two minutes or less, us three are gonna come up with a great idea for a Band-Aid commercial. And uh, it's not for real, we're not gonna really submit it, but just, um, that's what. Oh, I only, <laughs> I only do this for real, I only, I, this is. Okay, well yeah, then we might have to <laughs> write in Tongle and no, say I'm we have a winning idea. Um, okay, okay, wait, okay. Got all right, okay, King Kong versus starting Godzilla. Oh, oh, now. oh, we didn't start yet. I'm, I'm bad. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, I heard something about King Kong. King Kong, Godzilla. King They're Kong versus Godzilla. I like it. We're starting big. I mean, so punches. Punches are thrown. You know, Godzilla's got claws. Boom, boom, he scratches boom. King Kong. Yeah. King Kong needs a Band-Aid. Where does band he get this Who, enormous... How big of a Band-Aid is this? We're going to need um, a big Band-Aid. Well... Yeah, I mean, we are going to need a bigger Band-Aid. Um, or lots of little ones. But, or lots and lots of little Band-Aids. But they're so strong that they can, they can patch even Godzilla's cuts. And so, like, does Godzilla's yeah. mom come in and, like... Okay, on? here, wait, here, here we go. Um, Godzilla and King Kong are fighting, and they destroy the city... And then everybody in the city looks up and they're like, we hate you. You destroyed our city. And then they feel bad. And they fix the city with Band-Aids. They put Band-Aids band uh, on the buildings. And wow. that's how they fix the city. And then they hold hands and go everything. into the sunset. Or I think we could go that's with the more deep. human approach where like you, the whole thing is a close-up on a kid's face. Um, and the kid has a little cut <laughs> and the city is just being destroyed by King Kong and Godzilla, but it's all like in the slowly zoom out, out focus. and see all this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, <laughs> it's a wonder, right? It's a one because that's Birdman and that's popular, you know, the Revenant. Um, and, at, and then at the end, like it's a touching moment when his mom emerges from the rubble with a Band-Aid <laughs> for that. Also, how was our first idea not Star Wars related? That's what I want to know. Like. Uh, how, I don't know. It's a really good Luke question. Skywalker gets his because hand chopped off and then, the and then Band-Aid. No, <laughs> no, you don't need a Band-Aid Band -Aid can... Well... Uh. <laughs> and that's two minutes. So <laughs> I guess next one, the next idea will have to be a Star Wars Band-Aid one. But I think you got some <laughs> some winners right there. I mean... This definitely. is why we don't do idea phases. <laughs> 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 um, cool, yeah. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, pretty much, you know, the main stuff about the questions I had, uh, what else, what else are you guys working on now? Like what else are you guys up to? Oh, uh, a lot more narrative it, projects. Not... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we won't get specific, but we're actually shooting a web series this weekend, like a 10 episode web series that our friend wrote that we're all like producing and directing and working on. Cool. Uh, Henry, what else? What else? Um, what else are we doing? Shoot coming up. No, we got <laughs> we got a bunch of narrative stuff coming up. Um, I mean, I I just finished a short film that I worked on. You just finished an episode of a web series that you were working on independently. Um, I have been in spec creation mode recently. I've been writing a lot of specs that I want to shoot just because I want to grow our body of work uh, independent of having to win pitches. And right. um, I yeah I think we're kind of full steam ahead on this web series right now. It's a, a comedy about untranslatable words. You've said too much. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I can edit that out if you want. But uh, will that be on your website or on Mindless 
Philosopher Productions, a little shameless plug? Um, probably not on my. We'll maybe like plug it, but maybe in it, a year, probably like a separate entity. Yeah, it's not gonna be. We're probably not. It won't be, be that that kind of cool. Very cool. Well, like we I said, their website's mindless. As we create them then. Okay. Okay. Well, their website's Mindless, Mindless Philosopher Productions, the little tongue twister. Uh, but you can check out their work there. Um, and you guys are going to be out at the Tongis in, next week. It's coming up. Yeah. yeah we will it be there. Sure excited for that. We will be there. I have my my award speech written, it, but I only, I'm only going to meow it. It's just meow <laughs> over and over. Perfect. That was a misfire. This is why I let him do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah. So I'm I'm excited to uh, see you guys out there and hang out out there. I think it should be a good time. It's my first time out there. Oh, will the you be there as well? But I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, nominated for oh, awesome. uh, Ideator of the Year. Oh, so, nice. Sweet. Uh, I'll be out there hanging out, having some beers or whatever. But um. Yeah, no, it should it should be a good time. So, um, well, yeah, and then that's yeah, that's excited. probably about it. That's probably about the time we have. But uh, I just want to say thank you guys again for coming and talking and hanging out for a little bit. And it was cool learning about some of these uh, shots and about what you guys do. Cool, Caleb. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Talk, tongue to me. I am. Hey, Tonglers, if you liked hearing that at all, if you liked listening to that interview, uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Talk Tongle To Me and subscribe on iTunes because we're going to keep talking to more big Tonglers and learning more about them and what they do with Tongle. Uh, and if there's anyone specific you'd like to hear more about or you know hear an interview from or if there's anything you'd like to hear talked about, uh, just let us know on the Facebook page and we'll try to make it happen. Thanks.